Hello and welcome to Pretty Good Business. Our guest today is Anika Island, founder of the vegan and sustainable marketplace Immaculate Vegan. In this episode, we talk about transforming a lifestyle choice in a business and the importance of building a community even before building the business. Hello, Anik. How are you? Uh, hi there. I'm very well, thank you. You are the co-founder of Immaculate Vegan, which is a vegan marketplace, a very good alternative to Amazon. Yes. So can you tell us a bit more about Immaculate Vegan? Yeah, sure. Um, so we describe ourselves as the world's premier online ethical and sustainable fashion destination. So there's, there's, there's quite a lot in there. But essentially, I guess, you know, what we are is we are a marketplace. So what that means is um, we have a really large number of brands, around 130, I think, at last count, um, primarily in fashion. But we do also sell beauty and also lifestyle homewares as well. And uh, we have global brands. Uh, so, you know, we try and make sure we've got a good uh, number of brands in all the different uh, regions around the world. So Europe, North America, primarily. Um, and all essentially, you, you know, you buy from us, but the brands will send you the product themselves directly. Um, and that, what that does is essentially enables us to reduce uh, packaging and, uh, and shipping costs because you're not having, you know, we're not managing a massive warehouse and having to have everything sent to us and then send it out again. But it also means it's possible for us to have a really large number of brands on our platform from, from day one. Um, and, we're, and we're, you know, growing all the time. Um, so, yeah, so that, that's essentially what we are. Oh, that's a great idea, actually. So it's kind of like a bit of the dropshipping concept, but in an ethical way. Exactly. Yeah, everything we have is 100% vegan, as you can guess from the name. Um, but, but the sustainability side is really important as well. So we do work really you know, carefully to make sure that all of our brands have really strong sustainability credentials. I have to say you have the most amazing collection of white sneakers I've ever seen. <gasps> we do. Oh, we have so many. We have so many sneakers. I mean, and that is our best selling category, actually. I mean, particularly you can imagine sort of over, you know, over the last year with lockdowns, people are, you know, not really venturing out on their high yeah. heels much, but they're, but they're really buying sneakers. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you like it. It's our, probably yeah. our favorite collection as well. Yeah, because when I was looking at it, I kind of just went like, you usually, it's actually, it's incredible how hard it is to find some white sneakers that are not like Veja. Uh, yes. Or yeah. know, the very famous ones. And I was actually really surprised. I was like, I can't believe there are so many. Yeah, there are. I mean, there, this is the great thing. There are actually loads of amazing vegan brands out there and that, that are doing, you know, diff things that look different as well. So yeah, we have some brands that look very much like Veja, but we have some that, you know, look like Nike or Adidas or, you know, just look different. So there's, there is a really good choice of brands out there, which is which is brilliant to see. So what pushed you pushed you to start your business? Well, I mean, essentially, the starting point was when I became vegan. So this was a number of, of years ago now, probably about four years ago, I think. And I found the food side really easy, to be honest, uh, particularly, you know, I live in London. There's a lot of choice out there now in terms of vegan food. But what I did find hard at the beginning was was fashion. So I started um you know, just, just sort of looking up online, vegan shoes, vegan bags, and just sort of seeing the kind of stuff I would find. Um, and it was it was a bit disheartening because, um, you know, I, I was sort of seeing things online that just look, kind of looked like you might imagine or you might have a stereotype of what vegan fashion might look like. Um, so, you know, just things that look really practical, very chunky, but not very stylish or sophisticated. So at the time I was thinking, oh, this is, this is going to be really hard. Um, and then I went on to Instagram and, and sort of, did, you know, you, you can just go down a rabbit hole on Instagram, can't you? And, and, I start, and I just started finding there were actually so many really amazing vegan brands out there, but they weren't, you know, they were mostly very small. They weren't very well known. Um, they weren't, you know, brilliant at marketing themselves or getting a lot of exposure. So they were basically just quite hard to find. 
So I, at that point, I, I started um, just an Instagram blog called Immaculate Vegan. And the idea was really for me to curate and share the best of what I was finding to show people that, you know, if you want to be vegan or, or even if you just want to, you know, not be vegan, but you want to shop more ethically and more sustainably and still buy things that look beautiful and high quality, you absolutely can. You know, there are products out there. So that was the whole idea behind it, really. And I just started getting lots of followers, lots of great feedback. Brands were contacting me saying, you know, have you heard of us? You should have a look at our collection. So it just it just sort of really took off. And then for me, then you know, the natural next step was, well, wouldn't it be fantastic if you could, you know, buy all of this in, in one place as well? And, and you know, there really wasn't anything um, like like us at the time. And I still kind of think there there isn't really that's 100% vegan. So uh, luckily, um, met my co-founder Simon um, through a mutual friend uh, because I was looking for somebody to to work on the website. Um, and he runs uh, an e-commerce agency that specialises in building e-commerce websites for fashion brands. So that was that was perfect. Um, and he'd also recently become vegan and loved the idea and thought, yeah, let's do it together. So uh, that that's basically kind of how it all got going. And we launched uh, just over a year ago. So, um, yeah, that, that's that's the story of, of why, I guess, why we exist. So what was the process like? Because were you in this business? Is this kind of business before? Were you in fashion before or was it completely different for you? So if you could explain, like, what was the process like and where did you start from? Yeah. So, I mean, my, my background is marketing. So I, I was sort of um, in a senior marketing role in a, in a large media company. And that's kind of my background, really. Um, so so part of it was very familiar in that, you know, I, I know I know how to work social media. I know I know sort of, you know, essentially all the kind of key marketing aspects of, of, of running the business. Um, although I'd work primarily in business marketing rather than consumer marketing. So that that's certainly different. Um, my co-founder Simon was also I mean he comes from a very digital marketing background so again you know a lot of that was sort of very familiar but neither of us had ever run a fashion business before so that that is definitely new and I mean the way we went about it was actually quite organic really because because I'd started the Instagram blog um, and I'd been running that for you know over at least well I think probably about a year and a half I'd already sort of had a I built up a very very good understanding of what the ethical and sustainable fashion landscape looked like so you know, I knew all the who all the brands were, and um, a lot of them, you know, knew who we were in terms of Immaculate Vegan. They'd heard of us, they'd contacted us, they liked what we were doing. So because of that, it made it quite easy for me to know, you know, these are the brands I want to have on the website. These are, you know, the ones I think are the best. And also made it much easier when I was having conversations with them to kind of persuade them to come on board because, you know, we already had a, a brand out there, even though we didn't have a, you know, an e-commerce website. Um, and we had a, you know, a style and a sort of benchmark of quality and, and um, I guess, you know, sort of sophistication in terms of the, you know, the kind of aesthetic we have. So that was kind of that was kind of established before we actually launched, you know, all started even talking to people about about the, the e-commerce site. So that that massively helped, I think. Yeah. But that, and it's just, you know, doing a lot of research and being really immersed in that market. I think that that just sort of helped us. So did you think that having the community before and already being in contact with so many people that like-minded people really helped when you launched it oh hugely hugely yeah I mean I think it, it it would be really it would have been really hard to get all those brands involved you know to sign contracts with us mm. uh, you know to, to agree to our terms you know commissions and all that kind of stuff if they didn't already have something to believe in um especially because you know I think and that and now while that you know it's not so necessarily so many new vegan marketplaces starting up that are like us but there are certainly a lot of sustainable fashion marketplaces starting up yeah and so I think for brands there is choice and you know in terms of who they want to go with but 
um, yeah, the, the fact that you know they 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 knew who we were, they they knew that we had a certain quality and a set aesthetic that they liked. Um, therefore, they could believe our story because obviously, well, you know, when you're starting out, you're just selling a story, aren't you? You haven't yet got anything to show people, so you're basically saying, you know, this, look, this is this is our mission. This is what we're going to do. We're going to change the world in this way. We're going to be amazing, um, and people have just got to believe you, you know. And it, and and I think having because we, they already kind of knew us and, and trusted us to a certain extent, I think. Yeah, that that hugely helped, and and also just having a community of potential customers as well, um, you know, really helped from the get go because it you know it meant that we could start to get customers right from the beginning um, without having spent much marketing on the marketing. We still haven't spent much on marketing, you know, because we're a startup and we're self funded, so our marketing funds are very very limited. Um, so we you know you really have to sort of focus on that organic audience. So how did you choose the designers you feature now? Were you, where is, where was, was it really just um, a research? Yeah, to be honest, it kind of was. So, I mean, and, and, but it was done over a long time. So as I said, you know, the fact that we had, that, that I had the Instagram blog meant that, you know, I, I didn't have to do it all kind of, you know, within a few weeks. I, I'd spent a lot of time really understanding the market and who was out there, um, you know, who, who was vegan, you know, as well as sustainable, um, who, who would sort of fit what I thought our style was going to be as well. That was really important. Um, so we launched with about 60 brands, which was great. You know, I already had that kind of that kind of group of brands. And since then, it's kind of been quite similar, I think, in terms of, you know, it's just a lot of research. So I just make sure that, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm I'm on Instagram sort of <laughs> I live on Instagram, basically. Um, you know, I do I do all of a, all of the marketing for Maculate Vegan, all the social media. But that also means I'm constantly following, you know, all the new brands that are there. I'm looking out to see who, you know, who other marketplaces are selling. I'm looking, I'm you know, constantly reading the press to see who's mentioned, you know, we look at crowdfunding platforms to see who's out there crowdfunding so that we can, you know, get them as soon as they launch if it looks like there's a really interesting brand out there. Um, so it's just really tr- just trying to be immersed in the market in every in every way possible. So do you ever get brands contacting you and you kind of have to turn them down? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, so no, actually, that's a, that's a really good question. So, um, so obviously, when we first started, um, you know, we had our sort of core brands. But I think since then, the more we've become established over the last year, now we do actually get a lot of inbound queries. Um, so we do. I mean, I get at least every day I have a couple of brands coming in. So so that's really good because and I, and I do see brands I hadn't heard of, to be honest, that are coming in. So that's lovely. I mean, in turn, we, we have got new brands that way. I would say the vast majority we do have to turn down, not because they're not doing wonderful things. Um, and aren't really lovely vegan brands with great values and all of that, but just because they don't necessarily suit either our aesthetic or, um, you know, the categories that we want to build, you know, so quite often it might be a category that we think, you know, we're doing, we've actually got a really good, you know, um, collection in already and we don't really need to grow that one. We want to focus our efforts on something else. So it's often just, it's, you know, it's just not quite appropriate for us really. So I would say we probably turned down about 90% oh, that's a lot. of what we get, maybe even 95. Yeah, yeah, a lot. So we, we are, I mean, this is a nice thing, you know, having been going for a bit longer now, having got some really good traction in the market, we can be, you know, really picky. Um, and obviously, you know, we, we need to be because we're a really tiny team. So we have to, you know, it takes time to onboard a new brand, get them on the platform, you know, edit all their product records, mm-hmm. all of that kind of stuff. Um, redo their images. So we have got to be really careful about, you know, we, we need to get brands on that we think really fit with with Immaculate Vegan and are going to sell. Phil, do you feel that it's more time consuming than you thought it would be? Because probably it's not as time consuming as if you had to ship the product. But still, do you feel like that you discover something that you didn't really expect when you started the business? 
I mean, I think we made sure we had customer services from the start. And we actually, even though the brands ship the products, we deal with all the customer queries. Mm -hmm. So in many cases, whether, yeah, whether we sort of ship the products ourselves or not, most, I would say, you know, we pretty much have the same amount of work. Uh, I guess the only bit we don't have is somebody managing, you know, a warehouse and those kind of logistics. But, um, but I mean, yeah, we do, we, is it more work than I thought it'd be? I think probably everything is more work than I thought it'd be. I think when you start a business, I don't know if this is other people's um, experience, but when you're imagining doing something, you know, it's always just simpler and takes less time because you haven't, you just haven't experienced all the possible things that could take time or could go wrong or that adds another layer into the process, you know, because you just know you haven't done it. Mm. Um, and particularly on the technology side, you know, there, there's there's been so many additional things that we just had to think about on the technology side because we're a marketplace. We need to integrate with lots and lots and lots of different brands' websites. And we need to make sure that from the point of view of the customer, it's seamless. Like they don't, they don't know that there's, you know, from their point of view, they need to just be able to buy a product from us, know that we've got, you know, the right stock uh, details, that, you know, what they buy is in stock, that can, it can be sent to them. All the details are correct. So, we, you know, we work really hard to make sure that from the customer's point of view, it works perfectly. But obviously, from our point of view, we need to make sure that we need to put a lot of effort into that, you know. So, so yeah, like 100%, every, everything takes way, way more time and way more effort than you think. Mm. So what would you say you learned during the process of building a sustainable and vegan business? Oh, my gosh. I mean, so much. I mean, I, probably lots that's just sort of true of any business, right? Just like, yeah, that and, and technology is, while it's your best friend, it's also your worst enemy at the same time. And you've just got to be on top of everything. I think one of the things is just how important it is to do it with a team. So, you know, we're a really tiny team. You know, we're only three three people. Um, but we do also have help from people who work, for, you know, with us part-time, you, you know, from, you know, things from accounts to PR to um, SEO. And that and that's really important, actually. So I think, you know, there are, as founders, you sort of, as a tiny business, you do have to just do an enormous amount yourself. But it is really important to, recognize when you you know even just a little bit of somebody's time if they're an expert in something just helps you so much um so so I think that's been really really important and it just helps with the problem solving you know so mm. a lot as well I think in terms of maybe the ethics and sustainability piece I think it's just kind of how the world has changed in the last couple of years so you know initially obviously you know probably one of our core target markets were vegans and vegetarians that really isn't the case now at all, because I think we've, and this I think is true of vegan food just as much as vegan fashion, that, that so many people are now interested in the vegan lifestyle and adopting vegan practices, you know, whether it's things like, you know, meat-free Mondays or just adopting more plant-based foods. Um, and then, you know, on the fashion side, it's making more conscious decisions, you know, trying to choose things that, you know, more sustainable. So, so I think, you know, the, even just the word vegan doesn't mean it's not such a sort of binary term anymore. It's not, you know, you either have to be 100% vegan or, you know, that's it. Um, so, you know, really now we've got this massive group of, I think, potential customers for us, you know, that whole sort of conscious consumer group. And that and that's where we're, you know, that's really fueling our growth because, you know, as wonderful as, you know, our vegan customers are and we very much, you know, value them. It's still a really small group. You know, there aren't there just aren't that many vegans in the world. It's growing all the time. But, but there are this huge group, I think, of conscious consumers that, that are really growing. And I think COVID has just accelerated that, which is, you know, that's that's been obviously COVID has not been a positive overall, but that has been one positive, I think, that has that has come out of this. Yeah. So you do think that people are embracing sustainability more now that they have more time to think? I think, th yeah, 100%. I mean, that's definitely what we're seeing. I think it's I think it's time to think, time to be reflective, and also just the exposure that issues about the environment and public health mm -hmm. um, 
have have had and how how interlinked they are that I think previously there was obviously you know the climate crisis has been around for a while and growing and I think that shone a big light on what we're doing to the environment and how you know what we buy and what we eat and what we wear has it has an impact on that obviously but I think that wasn't necessarily linked to public health in the same way you know as in you know everything we do to the environment whether that's you know cutting down forests um, you know, destroying habitats for animals, all of that is creating an environment that, that makes pandemics more likely. Mm. Um, and and uh, so that link, I think, is now being made as well. And then again, people are then making the link between, well, what, what can I do about that? You know, what, you know, and obviously, you know, as co- you know, consumers, we all consume something, you know, even if we try not to consume very much. And so therefore, the decision, those decisions that you make about what you do consume and who you buy things from, and who's making those things, mm. Those those things really matter. I think people are really getting that now, definitely, in a way that I don't. I just don't think had, um, you know, people were not that much aware maybe even a year ago. Mm, absolutely. So how do you see? Because of course you launched just before all this mess happened. <laughs> yeah, great time to launch a business. <laughs> and but it's also kind of like because it's mm. an online business, maybe it was the right time. So how do you see yeah. the future of your company after COVID? Yeah, I mean, I think I think things that have really helped us, are, like you say, we're 100% online business. Actually, being a marketplace with dropshipping really helps as well because we're not, we weren't reliant on big warehouses with lots of people working in them. Um, and pretty, I think, you know, about 95% of our brands, because they're small businesses and a lot of them were just operating out of their homes or, or you know, or small offices, they were able to keep going through the through the whole, even like the most severe lockdowns, they were able to keep going and set, you know keep sending products out. So. That made us actually, we realized, I think that, wow, our business model is actually a really good, resilient business model. Um, plus, obviously, the fact that people are more interested in sustainable and ethical purchasing as well. So I, th- I think with us, it's just, it's, you know, accelerated growth, really. Um, I mean, the thing that I think is going to help us now with our next stage is, is seeking investment. So we've been self-funded to date. Um, and that's been brilliant because we've been entirely in control of everything we've done. Um, and we've been lucky, you know, we've been able to still do quite a bit with that. But I think for us to now take it to the next stage, it's getting some, uh, you know, it's fundraising and getting some help to to really put a lot of, you know, a lot more money into marketing, mm. uh, PR, you know, all the things that help us reach all those really important audiences for us. Um, and, and that probably has had to maybe been delayed a bit. Well, in terms of sort of we, because we've been so focused on let's get through COVID, let's make sure we've got the best proposition possible We've got the best sort of product sets possible, you know, over the last year, um, you know, make sure we're selling things that people are buying right now. We, we you know, that took probably our most of our effort. Um, whereas, you know, really, we, we would have otherwise probably started fundraising a bit earlier. So we'd, we've just started the process now. Mm-hmm. So that's probably been, yeah, that, that has impacted us. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's also going to be a big part of, our, I think, our future as well in terms of how we're able to scale up. So how, how are you going to do this? Because there are, there are now different options for small businesses there are there is crowdfunding yeah. and there is you know business angels and all this stuff yeah so we're looking at different options right now um it's likely that it's going to be probably because we are looking at seed funding so this is our first round mm-hmm. so we're not looking at huge amounts um although it's significant for us uh it's probably going to be angel investors so we're talking to a number of different angel investors and and angel investor networks right now about yeah about investing in us and we're getting very good feedback so far so that so that is great we may add on crowdfunding at a later stage if it, it seems like that's there seems to be a bit of a model you know getting getting angel investors in early um mm. 
and and then kind of adding on crowdfunding later because I think for crowdfunding it really helps if you've already got some investment and you can sort of prove that you know you're an investable business and, and that you know mm-hmm. people people think you're worth putting money into um so yeah we, we may well add that on later but I think it's angels to start with you have again you have a lot of products so yeah what is the best thing that you have whoa now um, yeah it must be even worse for you oh. to answer this question because oh. you have so many <laughs> different things well I mean the love the lovely thing about having your own you know business and having your own website is you know I pretty much choose I choose to bring on brands where they're basically you know selling things that I absolutely love they're my all my favorite brands Are um constantly shopping um I well I try really hard not to because also I'm you know I'm into sustainability so I try to just buy things when I need them um, but mm. I do buy pretty much everything I can buy Immaculate Vegan, I buy Immaculate Vegan. So I, de- mm. I definitely, yeah, I definitely um, uh, walk the walk. And yeah, I, I mean, I, I do, I genuinely love all our brands and I can, you know, for many of them, I have bought things from them and I can vouch for their quality and their quality, you know, and their design and all of that. Um, so it's not excluding anyone, but what I would say like right, right now, because obviously I've been working from home for quite a long time. Um, I am wearing a lot of trainers. Um, so I really love trainers. I love, there's a new brand that we've just brought on called Yate. Um, and they are an Italian brand. Uh, they, their trainer styles are just so beautiful, but also they make that they make them out of the most beautiful vegan leather, which uses, um, it's a plant-based leather. So it's actually made from bio poly oil. So from cereal crops, essentially. So it's really sustainable, beautiful, sort of very classic designs, you know, never, it's never going to go out of fashion, which is the kind of fashion I love really. Cause you know, I think it's all about being able to just wear things for a really long time as well, basically you know, until they wear out. Um, so they're, they're one of my favorite brands. Um, I also really love Watson Wolf. So the, this is a British brand that started off doing wallets and belts, unisex, but quite male, sort of male style. Um, so there's, they're one of our best sellers right now because they're selling a lot for Christmas, but they've just brought out a, a women's line of bags. Um, and they've just got this most beautiful crossbody. It's called the Wilton crossbody. And it comes in this cognac-y colour with this emerald green lining. And it's, oh, it's just so beautiful. So I probably don't need another bag, but I think I probably will just buy it anyway because <laughs> it's just so beautiful. Um, and again, they, they use uh, the same sort of plant-based leather made from biopolyol, so really sustainable. It looks and feels just like leather as well. Like you'd, you'd never know. It's amazing. It's amazing what they can do now, especially with, with vegan leathers and sustainable leathers. Is anything from apples to oh yeah everything yeah. <laughs> Every, it really is amazing I think that's one of the things actually that that draws a lot of people to us that aren't vegan they're just really intrigued by the different materials because they're so innovative you know they are getting a lot of press um, you know things like apple leather pinatex you know which is pineapple leaf leather mm-hmm. um, you know we're selling cactus leather now as well which is really like a really cool material very high quality um mm, so yeah apparently there's a mushroom leather there's a, there's a mushroom leather coming out that's right there's a grape skin leather already out um I mean there are just there's there's so many the innovation here is really amazing I think so in this year of um this quite challenging here I would say yeah. what is the achievement you're the most proud of oh um I mean it's been like yeah I think we're, we're sort of quite good I think as a as a sort of team in sort of making sure that we do sort of recognize and celebrate everything we're doing um because it you know it is really hard work I think and you do sort of have to remind yourself of, of all the wins um I mean I think overall it's just the you know we're a year in and actually we've had you know in one of the most I think difficult climates you can be in as a, as a retailer because even though we're online you know it's still a retail market and that and that is tough mm-hmm. because people are just making you know they're really careful with their money they have to be 
Um, yeah. So I think it's just the fact that we've managed to really, really grow in, you know, in the year. We're, you know, we've, we've pretty much hit all our targets. So we're really delighted about that because it shows that people like what we're doing. Um, and just the feedback we've had, you know, we've had some lovely media coverage, but also probably more important is just the consumer feedback we've had, you know, some from our customers um, just saying really lovely things. You know, they're really happy we exist. You know, they, they, they love our range of products and, and they, I guess they love what we're about, which is, you know, we're, we're showing people that, you know, you can buy beautiful things, buy beautiful quality things and be absolutely animal, free, you know, 100% animal free. Um, and, I, and I think hearing people say, yeah, we, we want you to be doing this because we're really glad you exist and we want to support you is just a really lovely place to be. And then it gives you the, the sort of the courage and the motivation, I think, to, to keep going and do much more of it. So that, that's I think we're really proud of. There are a lot more marketplaces coming up and, yeah. um, you know, opening. So how do you still, you know, find new ideas to keep the business fresh and competitive and in a market that is slowly but surely growing? Yeah. Um, I mean, so what's the first thing, what I would say is I think it's brilliant that it is growing. I think, you know, I think if you look at maybe vegan food as a parallel, vegan, the vegan food market has taken off, not because there was one brand doing amazing things, but because actually mm-hmm. there are now hundreds, if not thousands of brands doing amazing things. Um, and that has just grown the appetite for it. So I think it's a really good thing that there are lots of different sustainable and vegan marketplaces. I think it's just being very, you know, from the from the start, we were very, very clear about what we were about in terms of, you know, we have a specific kind of aesthetic. We have a specific kind of brand we want to sell. We have, a, you know, a spe- specific position, I would say, in the market around quality and design. And it's just being very, very clear about that and being true to it, I think. You know, as as, ex, well, as my current marketeers, I guess, not necessarily ex, but, um, you know, my training, you know, I've had a lot of training in, 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 you know, in branding. And I think just being very articulate in terms of, you know, your mission, what you're about is actually very important because that then, you know, you've got something to hold to and keep you true. Um, I think where, where brands and retailers can go wrong is when they just they veer away from that or they try and be, you know, everything to everyone or something to everyone. And I think that is always, you know, it's never that's never a good idea for a brand because you can't be and then you start being undifferentiated so so I think yeah I think for us it's just being very clear about how who we are and why we're different I think from from everyone else and while I think um there are you know there are wonderful sustainable marketplaces out there that aren't vegan there are great vegan marketplaces out there that aren't necessarily sustainable there are great you know marketplaces that do both but aren't high-end you know that don't really focus on like you know maybe sort of the product quality and design that we do uh, which is fine, you know, there's there's a sort of, uh, there absolutely a more kind of maybe budget friendly, uh, you know, opportunity and options that need to exist as well. Um, but I think it's just, yeah, know, knowing kind of what we do and making sure we just try and do it as well as possible. So if you had to give one advice for a business owner or a wannabe business owner, you know, that wants to create a business that is sustainable, ethical, is there anything that you wish you knew when you started? Um, I mean, I, I think... I sort of well one thing that I did know but I think it, you know I think is good advice maybe not that many people do this is if you can build a market first before you necessarily build a product so I think that's one thing that's one thing that we did do um, because it really helps you when you start I th- but I think the thing probably that I wish I'd known and I sort of have to keep sort of reminding myself all the time is just it's better to start and do something and start getting some feedback um, which I guess is linked to the you know do something you know build an audience first um, I think if you try and wait till you've got everything perfect and then build a commercial business, the problem is in your planning, there's just so much stuff you don't know that you'll have put effort into that won't necessarily be the right thing. And there's no way of knowing until you just start with something. And I think often mm. just in general, business owners can put so much effort into planning and trying to be perfect. 
Um, and that can take a really long time. That's the problem. It just takes so much time. And, and then in that time, things have changed already. So, you know, in general, I think it's just so much better just trying some stuff, get, you know, even try it with a small group, get some feedback, develop your ideas further, you know, then get some more feedback. So try and just be as agile, I think, as you can. And do not wait until, you know, you think it's perfect or even, you know, less than perfect, but still, you know, you might still have really strong views about it has to look like this or it has to be this big. Mm -hmm. um, go out with just anything that you think is good enough to start getting some valuable feedback from it. And, and then, you know, then you keep developing while it's live, I think. To some extent. Done is better than perfect. Done is a lot better than perfect. and But it's really hard, you know, because obviously it's your baby and, you, you know, we were very much mm -hmm. like, oh, the website, it just needs to look brilliant. We have to have these brands on board to start. But the problem is that just delays you. And probably we could have launched earlier if we'd been a bit more flexible about that. Um, and in the end, you know, what we launched when we did, because we did just have to say, do you know what? It's not as great as we want it to be, but we just, we need to get something out there now so we can start selling, so we can start getting some feedback, so we can start talking to more brands. And I'm, I'm glad we did, because we could have waited even longer. I think that would have been a mistake. And that's true of not even just, you know, the, the business, but just, you know, when we add new features or, um, you know, just new things we're doing, it's just going out there when it's, we think, you know, it's, it's good enough, you know. And people are generally pretty forgiving. They'll tell you what they like and what they don't like. Oh, amazing. That was, this was really interesting. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you so much for your time, Alessia. Pleasure. That was our interview with Anique. Thank you so much for listening and thanks to Anique for her time. If you liked this episode, please rate us and subscribe. It really helps. You can visit our website and follow us on Instagram at prettyslow.life and prettyslowlife on all other platforms. Thank you and goodbye.